Welcome to R&R, Relationships in Real Estate. I'm your host, Chris Silva, and with me is my beautiful wife, Corey Silva. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us here on R&R. Chris and I are the owners of Silva Realty, Silva Lending, and Silva Property Management. And we've been in the real estate and mortgage industry since the early 2000s. We're super excited to have you all here with us today. Thank you so much for always showing your support and joining us here on the show. Be sure to leave a comment, join in on the fun today, because without you, it wouldn't make this show as fun as it is. So this, uh, welcome to the third week of October, just a little over one week from our fall client appreciation festival. And then right after that, it's Halloween. So I am just so excited, but I'm not going to lie. I'm a little stressed out because there's a lot of things to do right before fall festival and Halloween. And this month has just been nonstop. It doesn't show any signs of stopping. You know what stresses me out? What? When I ask you how much you spent on the fall festival, (laughs) and you're like, I don't know. It's way more expensive than last year. (laughs) I told him, man, the price of things just keep going up. He's like, how much is it? I'm like, I haven't tallied it yet. I just just spend. (sighs) It's our clients. We have to take care of them. It's fun. And every year it has to be better. (laughs) (laughs) so everyone's gonna be a lot of fun just saying if you haven't rsvp'd you know the deadline did pass and we have almost 300 guests that have rsvp'd for this event which is pretty amazing so it's gonna be so awesome i can't wait it's it's my favorite event that we do Mm -hmm. all year you know the, the one at the brewery is nice but there's no kids this is a whole fun for the whole family yes it's it's definitely uh my favorite one Absolutely. Well, Evelyn is here with us. She says, hi, guys. Hey, Lulu. Thanks for joining us. And Christian's here also. Um, He said party time. He is ready. He is ready to party. And Tanya's here, too. The whole family showed up for us today. (laughs) She said, hi, guys. Hi, Tanya. Thanks for joining us. Well, who else needs a little staycation to catch their breath? Well, I need a staycation because I can't afford a vacation. (laughs) It's way too expensive. (laughs) Things are just so pricey these days. This is nuts. How do people do it? Credit cards. I need like a good two days off. A good two days off just to catch up on work. You ain't going to get a day off. Sorry. Maybe next year. (laughs) Happy New Year. You're going to get a day off on New Year's Day. That's it. (laughs) Christmas and New Year's. No, not even Christmas. (laughs) Well, Evelyn said, can't wait to see everyone. So she's excited. Well, if you saw last week's show or you've seen any of our posts this week, you know we have a very special guest lined up for our today's show. He is the father of two beautiful children, husband to a lovely wife, and the mayor of our great city of Santa Clarita. Please join us in giving us a warm welcome, giving him a warm welcome <laughs> to a Mayor Jason Gibbs. <sighs> All right. I'm getting cheers there. Corey, thank you so much. So great to be here. We are so happy Chris that Chris has only here. been bugging me about this for what, a year and a half? Yeah, like a while, a little. I think I, I don't know if it was his last trip to Sacramento or the one before that, but there's the one before. I've changed my phone twice, got rid of the pager. He still finds me. It's well, unreal. Chris did say, you know, Jason's been ghosting me. I don't know what's happening. Did I say something wrong? Did I offend him? But he's here finally. Thank you so much for of joining course, it's us. It's my pleasure. This is great. 
Before the show, everyone, we started talking about a lot of different topics and we looked at the time and we're like, oh my gosh, just save this for the show because Jason has so many good things to talk about and we're very excited to have him here with us today. Uh, the big question on everyone's mind is, were you the winner of the billion dollar jackpot Powerball? <laughs> I was not. I'm sorry. I was not, but I think it was up there in Fraser Park, Pine Mountain area and I'm on one of the Facebook groups up there and they're all speculating on who up there was the winner and who went in and bought it but they no, haven't claimed no it one's yet? no one's cop to it yet of really? course if I just won 1.7 billion dollars I, I don't know that I'd be announcing that too loud I'd let the dust <laughs> settle for a while before I went in to claim it but I think you have a certain amount of time before you have think, to go yeah, in I think it's like 30 30 60 days or something before you say anything but I don't know if you, if you pop too soon people are going to want you paying for you know vacations staycations and fall festivals so you got to be careful on these <laughs> things if it's a male that one. How many times a day do you think he checks his pocket to see if he still has it in his pocket or did he lose it? Because I'd probably be worried that I'm going to lose that ticket. Well, it's yeah. fine. I remember every time it gets really big, like you'll see it on CNN or Fox News or MSNBC, they'll say, what do you do if you win? Right. And they always say, you scan it, take a picture of you with it, take a Polaroid of it, sign the back of it, put it in a, a safe place, don't keep looking for it. <laughs> I don't gotta think take I got to worry about it. Call right? a financial advisor, you know, get all your ducks in a row before you just come out saying, look at me, I just want a bunch of money. That's right. You have to be very careful when something like that happens. Well, Chris actually remembered to buy us tickets this Ooh, time. I always forget. But sadly, we were not the big winners. We did win, though. We got one of the, um, what's the last number called? The Powerball oh, power number. number. We won that. So that was, what, $4? That's, that's 4 bucks, right? Yeah, that was so, awesome. <laughs> you know what's funny is, so... You know, our kids, are, our daughter just turned seven. Our okay. son's going to be nine next month. And he just asked nonchalantly, like, during dinner, oh, did we win the, the billion dollars, Dad? <laughs> I was like, no, baby, we, did, we didn't win. <laughs> it just, like, popped in his head. You know what I mean? <laughs> just thinking about it. What was I going to do with my billion dollars? <laughs> no, you don't even tell the kids. They hit 18, they move off. Then you announce that it happened. <laughs> Yeah. When you're on a plane going to your new vacation home. Right. Sorry, kids. <laughs> Can't join us. Well, uh, Zeph is here with us. Hey, Zeph. Thanks for joining us. He is clapping because Jason is here with us today. And Christian said the ticket buyer and the IRS are big winners. <laughs> yes, the IRS. They get their cut, too. Yeah, they do. Yes, a big so portion. It took me 10-plus years to get Zeph and I a house and his family to move to Santa Clarita up from uh, San Fernando Valley. I'm always trying to get everybody up here. Well, good. This yeah. is the place to be. It's the place to be. Well, for anyone that doesn't know your story, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm, I'm happy to. And by all means, if anything sounds interesting, just you can jump in and I'll keep going that direction. But So I'm the youngest of four boys. I was born and raised in the city of Santa Barbara. That's where I spent my life. Uh, ended up going to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, where I studied mechanical engineering. Uh, people often ask, like, how how did that? How was that your you know your goal, or how did you move that direction? And I always tell the truth because I find at the end of the day, uh, how you really got somewhere is important because it can give people a better perspective of how you did it. It wasn't because I loved Legos, which I do. It wasn't because of any of those types of things. My oldest brother John had gone to Cal Poly to study mechanical engineering, mm -hmm. and in his like second or third quarter, he had to switch to industrial technology because he couldn't do the calculus. So I decided I was going to do mechanical engineering because he couldn't. I had to one up him. Yes. I had to one up him. <laughs> and I remember we're talking with my father, you know, same thing. Hey, Jason, what do you, what do you want to do? You know, where do you want to go to school? And I had three brothers who were already in state schools. And he said, you can study anything you want, be anything you want. But if it's not engineering, I'm not going to pay for it. Dang. So I knew right then engineering <laughs> was my calling in life. 
So that's what I did. So I was at Cal Poly uh, for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 I, years. Yep, I invented the 6 plus 4 program, as I like to say. <laughs> uh, they had a they had a 4 plus 1 program where you do a bachelor's and a year of master's, but it took me six because I did a number of co-ops and internships that took me away from school. And when I graduated, I ended up going back to Cal Poly for a master's. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, the honest answer is I did. I love school. Cal Poly is an amazing, beautiful place. San Luis is incredible. I went to master school to meet girls. <laughs> I had moved down to Lompoc mm-hmm. and was living with my oldest brother before we bought a house in Orchid, California together. Mm-hmm. And I had just become recently single. And I was like, well, I, I didn't want to meet people down because I am I don't do the bar scene. I didn't really, I wasn't, online dating wasn't that big of a thing in mm-hmm. like 2005. It was a little sketch. So I said, <laughs> no, I'm going to go back to school and, and meet girls. My plan worked flawlessly. I'm just going <laughs> to say that. I would meet Chandra mm-hmm. uh, in my very last year at school. And she was a um, electrical engineering degree major who also did a master's in biomedical engineering. And we were both dating people who were in the band at Cal Poly. So we would both go to the football games, basketball games and watch, and we would just be up in the stands. We just became friends. And then just one day we ended up started dating. How cool. I love this story. and, and And that's how we met. So, but she is the reason that we actually came to Santa Cruz. So she always wanted to work for Boston Scientific. She wanted to be in the neuromodulation world and, and doing that kind of stuff. So she would briefly live down in Costa Mesa, where we, I would frequent her often so we could go to Disneyland. And then six months later— I she, love her already. Yeah, oh, my goodness. We'll, I hope we'll talk about <laughs> Disneyland later. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we got lots to talk about. Uh, but six months after she started down in Costa Mesa, she got offered a job at Boston. So she moved up here to Santa Clarita and was living up there in the apartments at McBean and Copper Hill and started her career in Boston. Mm-hmm. And I knew I had way out kicked my coverage. So I spent the next year just lining up my day job out of the Central Coast to come down here. Uh, so, but my day job, I still do it, even though I'm, I'm the mayor and on the city council. I still am a mechanical engineer. I've spent 18 years in the rocket engineering business. Wow. So I do a lot of work at Vandenberg, which was where my office and home was. And recently, last few years, a lot of work at Cape Canaveral. So I do a lot of trips out to Orlando and, and Cape Canaveral, Florida. Sorry, we had some small technical difficulties, but we are back and we are here with the great mayor of Santa Clarita. Great. I, li- I like that. <laughs> it took him a few seconds to laugh, too. I appreciate that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jason, you were you were telling us a little bit of uh, background, your background story. Yeah. And I'm not sure exactly where the audio cut off on Facebook, but um, you said you were youngest of four boys. You talked about mechanical engineering. Yep. We were back at the real reason you went to get your master's yep. was to meet girls. Meet girls. So yep. let's 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 catch up. We'll catch right up there. there. Yep, that was all true. Hundred uh, percent true. So I spent four years working full time as a new mechanical engineer. And going to school in the evenings whenever they had classes. And the reason, honestly, the reason it took four years was it wasn't designed around night classes. So there would be a quarter or two semesters where I couldn't take any classes. And anytime one would come up, I would just grab it. So it just took four years to get there. But at the end of that fourth year, I would meet Chandra, who would end up being my wife and being the impetus for us being here, uh, who's a biomedical engineer, master's student, and a bachelor's in electrical engineering. Always wanted to work at Boston Scientific. So she had that opportunity to come down here a little over a little over a decade ago now. So this is about when she came down to Santa Clarita. And then I packed up everything I could and readjusted my life and followed her down here. Uh, so right about 2013 to 14 is when I really came to Santa Clarita myself. So we would get our first home in 2014, bought our first house in like 2015, that time frame, and started a family. So uh, no matter how smart you are, as as a man 
wife's always smarter and it's proven here oh smarter <laughs> smarter prettier absolutely you pick to pick your adjective is all it's all true I, I appreciate her settling very much I always tell people the only thing I don't understand about her is her choice in men but but I try not to question everything in life either <laughs> so funny well um I know the annual state of the city is coming up on it October is. 26th can you give us a small sneak peek on what to expect Oh, it's it's always a great event. I mean, it's the it's the the time of year where we bring everybody together in the community and we just get to highlight everything that Santa Clarita as a city and a community is doing. And while it's the five council members and, and mayor and the council members who all kind of lead the discussion and talk about all these different facets, uh, you really get to see what it is this community is building. And this year it's focused on the events, so more of the different events that we do around town and some of those bigger pieces and attractions for for our residents. Uh, so that tends to be the highlight. And then my favorite part has always been the very end. There's kind of the spoof reel and the little more joking side, which I think is so important mm -hmm. because we so often in the the political realm, it's people lose their humanity. And the reality is humanity has comedy and it has mistakes and mm -hmm. it has errors. And it's important to acknowledge that and enjoy it and learn from it. Cause it gives like a personalization because people just start, start thinking that you're not really a person, right? Sure. You're just up there. And it's, it's true. You have to be perfect. So, you know, I've never been to an annual state of the city. Have you ever been? Well, we can go. Let's go. You know what? I was actually on the city website trying to figure out how to get tickets, and it just kept pushing me in a loop to what the event was about, and there was no way to get tickets. Oh, it might, might be sold out. Maybe now you got me out. worried now. Well, I know a guy who might be able to get me and my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, make, I'll make a call. <laughs> <laughs> Worst case, maybe I can have you like do some serving or like some, some clean up around there. So we put you to work to get I you. I can do it. Okay. I don't mind. Okay. Yeah, we'll volunteer some time. Get me a broom. I got you. <laughs> got you, Chris. Well, I'm curious because, you know, if Joe down the street wants to become mayor, yeah. what are the steps one might go through to become mayor? Day drinking. <laughs> <laughs> so that that is an interesting question. And the only answer I can give you is really my journey. Okay. And, and I'm happy to share it because I had no political aspirations of any kind. I was, okay. I would consider myself that average person who could not tell you where city hall was, could not tell you what a city council did when I first got involved at the end of 2016. And the reality for me was getting involved was having a family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so we welcomed our son Aiden back in 2016. And, and there was a time there where I realized that, you know, the life of just me and my wife going to Disneyland mm -hmm. often just in, having fun, being ourselves, it, our world expanded. Right. And so I needed to expand my sphere and what I knew mm -hmm. because I considered myself the typical Santa Clarita resident who went to work, who had his one restaurant that he liked on his way on the way home and went home. Right. And it was just that one path back and forth, very much the bedroom commuter life. So uh, I decided to step up and get involved. And it just so happened that at that time, uh, Dante Acosta had just won the assembly seat in 2016. So he vacated a seat on the city council and they had an appointment. So when I went to the city's website for the first time, the first thing that popped up was, do you want to be a city council member? And it just said, hey, just apply, put three, uh, you know, read as a recommendation and just be over the age of 18 and live in Santa Clarita. Oh, wow. I said, oh, well, it's easy to be a city council member. <laughs> so I did all that, plugged it all in. So I come to city hall for the first time on that night. It was January in 2017. And I'm dressed just like this. This polo shirt and some jeans. Everyone's suited up, looking sharp, nice ties. And I'm thinking, man, I got no business being in this room. And I went up and it's still, it's still online. You can see it. The first time I ever spoke at city council, I just said my spiel that I made. And I remember that night 
Shonda uh, was at home and uh, with Aiden. I said, okay, I'm going off to uh, City Hall. I'll let you know if I become a council member. That, that was literally like jokingly she, yeah. you said that. And she's like, oh, okay, well, text me or something. <laughs> <laughs> so so I go down and, and after I gave my spiel, they did their review of everybody that had come up and, and I'm sitting there thinking, well, this would be interesting just to watch. And at the time, Councilman Bob Keller was the first to give comment and he mentioned, it was about five or six names, I think, at the time. And I was one of the names that he said. He said, I'd like to hear more from this person, this person, and Jason Gibbs. And I remember having this this look on my face. And I looked at the guy next to me. I said, did he just say Jason Gibbs? He goes, yeah, who the hell is that? I said, <laughs> I said, well, that's me, but I'm wondering if he got the right guy. Anywho, so Bill Miranda would be end up being selected for the appointment. And, and that night, uh, Councilman Keller and Councilmember West had both said, look, thank you all for being here, for being willing to come here and want to do this. But don't disappear. Stay involved. Stay involved in the community. A lot of people disappeared. Mm-hmm. Life, life takes over. But I think I was one of two people who reached out to all the council members at that time just to chat with them about the city and being on council. And, on, and Bob, so I'll, I'll never forget this. We meet at what was called City Hall East, Coco's Restaurant, Dan Canyon, <laughs> and Soledad. And that's, where, yep. that's where they used to say Bob, you'd hold court there, right? And it's where he would have his breakfast meetings. So I meet Bob for the first time. And we're just chatting, get to know each other. And he's wrapping up the meeting. He's got stuff to do. And I said, Bob, I'm sorry. I got to ask you one more question. Why did you call me back up to speak? I mean, I said, we, I don't, you don't know me. You had a, you know, a resume and a letter of recommendation, but we've never met. What, what prompted you to, to call on me? I'll never forget this. He kind of looks off into the distance and he says, you know, Jason, I'm, I'm really worried about the future. And he said, uh, you know, in Santa Clarita, we have done some amazing things. This is an incredible place. He said, but when I look at the future, he goes, my future is turning into oil at Eternal Valley. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I, <laughs> his eyes just perk open. I said, okay, I got it. I pick up what you're putting down. And he said, so I want to know what's next. It's important to me to see that there are leaders of that next generation who want to be involved and engaged, see what we have done as a community, respect it, maintain it, and then build on it. Right. And that was his thing. He said, so if that's going to be you, stay engaged and don't stop. And so, and that's, and that's what I did. So for the next five years, I mean, that was almost my absolute everything. It was writing in the signal. It was learning about local issues. It was getting involved in all these nonprofits. It was running for election and losing. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, you literally get a call the next morning. Hey, Jason, you lost. You going to run again? <laughs> I, said, I, said, I, I guess we'll find out together. Mm-hmm. And then I just doubled down with everything. So it was business associations. It was nonprofits. And it was just never stopping. And then in, in 2020, I, I would get elected. And then in 23, they made me mayor. That's awesome. So, I mean, it, it really was a true labor of, of dedication. I mean, it takes your absolute everything. I had way more hair, didn't have bags under the <laughs> eyes. I was, a, I was a beautiful man at one time. Chris. I'm not gonna, but, <laughs> and then all this happened. <laughs> How's the ride been for your wife and kids? Because I know you're, you are the busiest man. Uh, devastating. Devastating. In fact, I I compliment my wife to no end because we had an honest to God come to Jesus meeting after the election. So you think about 2018, I'm running for office and it's working full time. It's being, it's being, you know, doing my day job every day that I have to do. And then when nighttime hit, it was phone calls, events, putting up signs, phone calls, texts, events, never stopping. I mean, I would be gone till two, three in the morning all the time. And my wife is home with a two-year-old son who was just ready, just about to get diagnosed with autism mm-hmm. and a infant daughter. Mm-hmm. She was by herself. 
that's and tough. I, I was I was not there as as just a father and a husband. I was gone because this became the hyper focus. And after the election, she we I never forget it. She literally took me aside and said, you know, I love you and I support you, you know, but you're not here. And it's not just physically. It's it's when you come. That's the hardest part about this job. Is right. It's not, it's it's turning it off. You can't. Mm-mm. It's always on because in the back of your mind, you're representing 228,000 people. Wow. Everything you say, you do, your actions, your comments, you know that it affects people. And it is so hard to disconnect it. And she literally said, if, if you can't disconnect and you can't come back to your family, this isn't going to work. Mm. She had the courage it, it to was, say um, that. Oh, and I, I can't imagine how hard it was for her to say that. And on top of that, a lot of people don't know this, and I and I share it with her, but after I would get elected, she actually went back into her religion. So my wife grew up in, in the in the kingdom halls as a Jehovah's Witness. Mm-hmm. Jehovah's Witnesses do not do politics. They don't do oh, elections. Wow. They, that is not part of their world. It's not part of their faith system. So we get a good kick out of the fact that my wife is a true Santa Clarita mom who's working full-time, who does not do any of the political stuff, but she's married to the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> so course. she so she provides such an important perspective for me right. as a leader because there's no bias for her. Right. There's no bias of my husband's decisions are what's right for the city. It's she, she has no idea what the decisions are. For her, it's are, are my kids safe? Mm-hmm. Can I make a living here? Can I raise my family here? Are the schools great? Mm-hmm. That's all she that's what she cares about. Mama the, bear. Yep. Yes. A hundred percent. So the ancillary stuff, the politics, everyone wants to make it Republican and Democrat. It doesn't matter. It really does And doesn't. most local people don't care. If you're a decent person, if you're doing the right thing and you're providing the the true mom and pop stuff of the world, then people will respect you for it. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, Julia Markovich is here with us. Hi, Julia. Thanks for joining us. She made some comments during... Um, your speech here, well, not a speech, but as you were speaking, uh, she said she misses Coco's number one. But who doesn't? And I mean, I would get those cravings when I was pregnant with Santino, so we'd always go to Coco's too. But for the pie, for the uh, pie, I know, and the breakfast. Um, Julia also said, "Congratulations, you oh, have amazing you, resilience." Thank you. So, well, I am just wow. I'm. I need to meet your wife because I have Good so luck. much respect for her. So that's that's the fun, right? So I'm at all these events. Mm-hmm. And we have we have an understanding. It's you are always my first invite. You can come mm-hmm. to anything you want, but I will never tell her she has to go to something. Of so, if, like not. for state of the city, like I'm the mayor, I'm gonna be mm-hmm. running the state of the city. You don't have to go if you don't want to. She's gonna be with the baby. She wants to be. She wants to be home with the kids. I get it. And I. So there's like two, maybe two or three events she enjoys that she comes to. And like you said, there's a lot of people that want to meet her. And I, I do wish some ways that she would share her story mm-hmm. because, Chris, it reminds me so much of your story about where you came from and the difficulties and the challenges and how you exceeded and surpassed and overcame. Her story is incredible, but it's hers. Right. And I always tell her, I said, I hope one day that she's comfortable sharing it with people, mm-hmm. but it always goes back to Mama Bear. So does that does my story matter when it comes to raising my kids and helping my kids? No, not yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe one day. She'll share with them. Yep. That's awesome. I love it. I love her already. <laughs> and she's a Disney lady. Oh my gosh. Maybe I'll run into her at Disney one day. It's possible. <laughs> <laughs> well, Santa Clarita is an incorporated city, mm-hmm. but still a part of LA County. What kind of authority does LA County have over Santa Clarita? And what kind of processes do you go through when making decisions about the city? Sure. I So yeah, LA County still has a, a great impact here. And I don't know if a lot of people know this, but Santa Clarita tried twice to become its own county. Oh, 
yes. You know we, what? We wanted I read to become, about this. Mm-hmm. This is true. We tried to become Canyon County, mm-hmm. and it was a combination of San Cruz Valley and I believe the AV. And it all had to do with representation. Okay. And the fact that we always had to, we were the, you know, I don't like the expression, but the redheaded stepchild. I knew it was coming. I thought I like, it, it, say that? It, it matched. <laughs> Red. It's okay. It's almost like you're a minority. Like you grew up Latina. <laughs> Being a redhead. Oh my God. Well, when you grow up in a beach town and you can't go out in the sun for five minutes, believe me, you feel a little left out. <laughs> <laughs> but at the, at the time, there was a big push to become our own county. And Carl Boyer, I know, and, and a lot of others locally were big pushers of it. But right. the reality was to become your own county, the entire county has to agree for your separation out. Mm. And twice it, it didn't pass. Okay. Passed locally, but it didn't pass countywide. So the city decided uh, to just incorporate the city because that was the next best thing we could do to actually have some local control and input on what happens here. And if you go back in the days, you'll hear things. And the story, I'm, again, I'm not positive on the story, but where Central Park is now. Mm-hmm. Just yesterday, we just did the final ribbon cutting for the build out of this hundred. It looks I think amazing. It's, it's incredible. I think it's about 120 acres now, the, mm-hmm. the entire park. I mean, there was talks of that being a prison. What? If you go back into the 80s, there, I believe it was, I don't know who it was. Someone came here and said, yep, this is where we're going to be putting oh my you know, the Thank next Thank goodness next they prison. didn't. And the mama bears in the 80s came out and said, not a chance. Well, the high school's right Not, there. Yep, the high school was there, and you had all the development coming up, Plum Canyon and the Rogers area. All I knew, my old neighbors, they came out and said, oh, Jason, we were we were on that from the beginning. Wow. Like that it wasn't going to happen. So, But being a city and working with the water agency who owns the land, technically they, they lease the land to the city, I think, for a dollar a year. Wow. wow. And to That's allow great. us to bring this great park and amenity to people. I mean, not only does it offer so much for people to go there and get their exercise in, but you have games there and big yep. events like tournaments for kids concerts soccer, in the park concerts, concerts in the park. park so many fun things to do there so there really is but in terms of impact i mean you saw the biggest impact i think uh locally and around the country uh, during covid's and the lockdowns mm-hmm. that's all handled by la county health okay. so the restrictions that people had on businesses and what businesses could be open and not open that was all health department Okay. And the city has no jurisdiction over that. So there was these lot of calls that came in and said, well, the city needs to form its own health department. We need mm. to take this over. And the reality was if we had done that, if you take aside the tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars it would cost to take over what it takes to run a health department, with the laws that were in place under the state and the governor's emergency orders, it would have allowed businesses open, I think, for two weeks more than oh, what they were wow. the entire time. Yeah. So the reality was we we were beholden to what the LA County wanted to do on that. Okay. Uh, we still work with LA County Fire. We have great relationships with LA County Fire, but that's run by LA County. And we contract with the LA County, LA County Sheriff's Department for mm-hmm. all of our sheriff uh, and policing. So we still have, we're still accountable to, they're still accountable to us as a contract city, mm-hmm. but how they run their operations, how they man it, that's up to them. So they still they still have a big sphere of influence and they have influence because there's unincorporated parts of the county all around us. Yes. Yes. Which that leads us into the next question we have, which is SCV legally does not, you know, contain Stevenson Ranch and Cass Steak. But when people think of Santa Clarita Valley, they traditionally include Stevenson Ranch and Cass Steak, which are part of the city of L.A. How does that affect decision making and how closely, if at all, do you work with the city of L.A. in conjunction with those areas like schools, roadways and police? Uh, so not so much the city, but the county. Okay. Right. So that's all that's all county area. Um, the reality is if you go back to, I think it was 2011, the city passed its last big general plan. And okay. so when any, when any city is coming together, you have to form a plan on what, what your city is going to be, how you're going to develop it, where you're going to have your roadways, any, all these combinations of things. 
And in that, our plan was called One Valley, One Vision. Mm -hmm. Because even as a city, we knew that the impacts from the west side of the five and off into the east into Aqua Dulce, all of the uh, development plans there would impact us as a city. Mm -hmm. So when you look at the new Valencia developments and the homes there, we took into account at our build-out in the general plan that all of this is built out. So I believe in our general plan, it's somewhere around 430 to 450,000 people would be in the Santa Clarita Valley. Mm-hmm. but it was all captured under one valley, one vision when we take into account the different developments and things that are happening. Um, obviously, we have no control on what the county chooses to do or chooses to approve in terms of developments, but we do know that it has impact on us. So mm-hmm. we try to we try to stay connected with it and follow it and just see what, see what we need to do or where we can advocate for and where we can adjust. Awesome. Well, it's kind of interesting because, um, you know, our, we live in Stevenson Ranch and our kids go to a school district that's part of the Newhall School District. Newhall School District. So it's interesting how even though we aren't part of the city, how we still have access to the school district. Did you want to touch base on how all that works? I mean, it's, it's interesting. We have Newhall School District, Sulphur Springs School District, Castaic School District, Saugus Union School District, and the William S. Hart School District. And I, I don't know the history on how we came up with all of these different uh, districts. school districts. I think it just has to do with the age and what was uh, what what was there at the time when these districts formed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you said, for Newhall, it does capture and crosses over the five. So it extends outside the city. Um, reality is we have pretty good relationships with, with all of these districts. Um, I'm more personally connected with Saugus just because my kids are in the Saugus district. Mm-hmm. And then we all feed into the William S. Hart School District. Right. So it all it all connects, mm-hmm. right? So if they're if they're making plans for building a school to uh, go coincide with a new development, that comes into play in terms of what the city has to prepare for and what we expect to see. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. Sure. Did you want to ask him a question now? I've so, been talking a lot. <laughs> no, I love it. So the, the ongoing joke of my wife, she apologizes when she interrupts me. Yeah. And I'm like, if you didn't interrupt me, you would never talk. So, so you got to interrupt me. So I love, I love to just have her take the raids and go. Uh, yeah. Question on you. So the 450,000, would that, that would have been if we would have had cast stake and Stevens Ranch become part of the city? No, no, no. That's, that's actually just part of the general plan, realizing that these developments are happening. By when do you think? Uh, I thought will? build out was talking. Tw- don't hold me to this. I thought 2035 to 2045 is stuck in my head for some reason. Okay. But that, that was the expected build-out times. So with the population, that's almost double our population now. That's right? true. Pretty close. That's true. Law enforcement, <clears throat> are we going to have more sheriffs? Like, is I hope that so. part of the general plan? I hope so. We don't know. Well, so the issue we have at the moment is— I don't know how any of this works. No, that's okay. Yeah. So for us, as a contract city, we go to the sheriff's department and say, we want X. We want X a number of deputies that are doing this. We want X number of deputies doing this and this and this. And we pay per deputy. That's the contract. So by the contract, they are required to provide what's called hours. So it's not always bodies, ah, right? And this okay. is where it's interesting because how they how they staff is up to them. Their job is to meet our contractual obligations for hours and the amount of people that we need. Oh, the wow. dif- the difficulty that's been lately is over the last I'd say probably five to six years there has been a big political debate across the country regarding policing, mm-hmm. and it's taken a hit. And reality is if the departments across the state, and at least all the ones that I talk to, they are all understaffed on deputies and police officers. And we have seen that here in Santa Cruz as well. 
So while the contract is still being met in terms of hours, it's being done with less bodies. There are there are open positions a- wow. across the departments and across a lot of departments, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. And so for me personally, yes, as you grow as a city, for us, public safety, there's nothing, there's nothing more important. And we have highly invested in the contract. It is our largest contract. I think we're at 32 to $33 million now per year with the sheriff's department. We coupled with the county to build the brand new sheriff's station, which I think is the largest capital project we've done in the city so far. And because that is our commitment to public safety mm-hmm. and realizing that we've needed a new station to handle the growth of Santa Clarita for years and it finally got done. But at the end of the day, if people aren't entering that profession, if we're not seeing more sheriffs come to the sheriff's department, it will it will cause a discussion to happen amongst future city leaders if we're if we're going to start seeing public safety issues. Mm. And one of the common discussions we often hear about is, do we need our own police department? Okay. Mm. Well, the, the question comes is, you look at cost, you look at what is it providing that we're not getting from our contract now, and I argue. To my point now is I, I don't see the cost benefit there in terms of safety and cost, but at some point that could change. Hmm. And the reality is that that discussion may have to happen at some point based on retirements, based on growth into the industry, on how many people want to enter into the contracts with the sheriffs or how many don't. It's it's not a sexy job. No. And, it, what, and here's what I mean by that. So I have a, a lot of friends in law enforcement Good. that are sheriffs specifically, mm-hmm. and they have to work. I mean, mandatory overtime every week. Mm-hmm. They're working 60, 70 hours a week. Yep. And, you know, it's just, it's a tough job. And then you, and then you have all this stuff, you know, politically, yep. you know, on, t- you know, go be a firefighter. It's a lot easier. <laughs> I, I know a lot of, a lot of parents our age, little old us, whose kids are getting ready to graduate high school and they're looking at law enforcement and first responders. That's a very common thing mm-hmm. is go look at, go look at the fire departments because of what the strings that come with going into law enforcement now. And, and we talked about it, and there's, obviously there's no big political discussion to be had here, but it is a hard profession when you feel that the job you're doing to keep bad people off the streets who are harming your citizens are being able to return to the streets very quickly with little to no prosecution for the crimes they commit. It, it can be a demoralizing experience mm-hmm. if you're arresting someone over and over and over again. And there's no consequence for the actions. But we're very fortunate in Santa Clarita. As you said, we have a lot of deputies that have their families up here. Mm -hmm. So Santa Clarita is more than just a place they work. It's where they live. Right. And they are willing to beat their heads against the wall sometimes to keep doing, to do what they know is right, to try to protect Santa Clarita the best they can. For sure. Well, um, does the conversation of Santa Clarita acquire acquiring Stevenson Ranch or Castake still exist? And as mayor, do you consider them a part of your jurisdiction? So they're definitely not part of my jurisdiction. Okay. But I don't ignore them either. Okay. Um, Thanks for not ignoring us. (laughs) Even though though you won't vote for me, Chris. (laughs) Or can't vote for me, excuse me. Um, So I I don't know a lot about the annexation discussions, but the history is kind of fascinating. There was talks, if you go back 20 years ago, talks of bringing in Stevenson's Ranch and Castaic into the city of Santa Clarita. But at the time, as I understand it, there was a number of prominent people in Stevenson's Ranch that did not want it. Right. They said, well, if you're going to bring us, because look how great we are, you need to give us this, this, and this. And as a city, you know, for us, what we often tell people is when we annex, and we've annexed a number of places over the years, it's been very common as part of our growth as a city that a development occurs in the county Mm -hmm. and they're adjacent to us and they get brought in. 
just like recent, most recently, for example, is Tesoro. Okay. Tesoro was not part of the city up until about a year ago when they were officially annexed into the city of Santa Cruz. I did not know that. So at the time there was, well, maybe we'll become part of your city, but you know, we want, maybe we want our own representative. We want a guarantee of tax funds. We want this, this, and this. And as a city, it's, there's, it's, it's not really a bargaining tool for us, right? Mm-hmm. So it kind of dies down. Well, it's been a couple of years now, but there was a gentleman who was a big, uh, a, a very against uh, bringing Stevenson's Ranch on the west side into the five, wrote a big op-ed, 180, completely reverse course. We need to become part of the city. Mm. And the reason was he really likes our medians and how we keep our landscape districts <laughs> and how all the trees look. <laughs> And his claim was the county was not taking care of their roadways and their medians. And there was, I forget what it was, but there was an area where the county said, oh, hey, um, we don't have enough money to take care of like the hillsides and the, that we're required to. So we need to raise rates by some just ginormous percentage. And people just flipped off the handle and said, no. They said, okay, well, you either give us more money or we're just going to hand you the money we have and you figure it out. So they go, well, look at the city. They're doing a great job with all their landscaping and maintenance. Let's go join the city. So it's gone. Now it's done a 180 and there's people go, maybe we should join the city because they take care of their medians. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> so I'm saying there's a chance. <laughs> I'd be really curious to see what happens with that. <laughs> I mean, I think the discussion, it will stay relevant, especially as the development continues right. out there on the West side. And the because discuss- there's always discussion of, well, maybe we need our own city on the West side of the five. Right. Let's see. Let's see where it takes us. I'm, I'm, I'm game for it. I would love it. <laughs> um, well, another question that has been asked is low-income housing in SCV. Does it exist? And are there ever talks to expand areas of SCV with low-income housing in mind? Oh, good question. Ah, uh, low-income housing. Very fun topic. Mm-hmm. What I often tell people is you need to understand what low housing is and it's def- low-income housing is definition. It's it's all related to cost of housing as it comes per relates to your income. Mm -hmm. Um, It has a misnomer with it. I don't uh, really agree with the premise that low-income housing means lower statute of people. Mm -hmm. But the issue comes is for any builder, any developer, they'll they'll build it if it makes money. Right. Right. And if you want to have low-income housing, the number one thing that needs to come with it is subsidy. Mm -hmm. And the question is, what's the subsidy? Is it a tax break? Is it a direct infusion of money from a source? What is it? And if no one's willing to discuss what the income side of it's going to be to actually lower the cost, it's, it is going to be a tough discussion going forward Mm -hmm. because we do have developments that are coming forward where we have obligations as a city, what's with under the regional housing needs assessments called RENA. And we're required under the state to plan for having certain numbers of low income housing at different levels. Mm -hmm. And so we're required to build that into our general, our general plan and our housing element. Right. And the state has to approve it. It's one of the few pieces that the the general plan, the state has to approve. So we have zoned and we've identified areas where we think we can have this many affordable units of these different mm-hmm. levels. So it is it is definitely in the plan, but cities cities in general don't build housing. Right. So at the end of the day, if a developer wants to do a building and we say it needs to have low income housing of certain levels, they will come back and say, well, then where is the where is the offset piece going to be? That makes sense. So it, it will come, but it just it's just a matter of where the investment comes to make it happen. Now, I, I've heard a little bit about um, for this type of housing that they're no longer going to, they meaning the state of California, okay. are going to make it easier for these type of places to be built mm-hmm. 
where no amenities are required, meaning regular amenities like parking, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. So I'm hearing that. I don't know if this is a joke. I've heard this with some developers that invest in parking structures because pretty soon they're going to be worth so much money because you, you have nowhere to park your car at, your, at, the, at the place you live. So it's, it's not hyperbole. It's true. And so from a state standpoint, right, if, if I'm the state of California and I have a housing shortage, it's not just affordable housing, mm-hmm. man in real estate, there is just a housing cool. shortage mm-hmm. in terms of product. And so what the state can do is, well, we think the problem is too many of the local communities are restricting developments. So if we just remove the restrictions, we will arbitrarily lower the cost of doing a development and we can get more housing and more affordable housing. So as an example, um, the state is very big on train transit, bus transit, uh, not car transit. They mm-hmm. want people off freeways. They want people on sure. trains, which is why, you know, this week we're going to be opening up the, the Vista Canyon multimodal center, the new Metrolink station. I think Vista Canyon is an ideal idea for what the state wants. Mm-hmm. You have housing with different densities and different levels that are near a high transit corridor where you can just hop on a train, go to work, get off the train, and you can walk back home. The problem is what the state will do is they'll come and say, okay, if you want to build affordable housing on your lot, um, we're going to take away the local government's ability to require parking minimums, to require offsets, to uh, require to allow fees for hooking up for sewers and X and Ys and Zs. So they'll take all that stuff out and say, as long as you're building affordable housing, then you can ignore local local land use laws, local hmm. land use laws. And this is a real thing. Uh, the most recent example we had is something I believe is called Senate Bill 330, and it was called the Builder's Remedy. The basic premise of the bill was if a city did not have approved housing element, like as we talked about, then builders can help you out by help building a bunch of units for you with a lot less restrictions on what can go in there. So there were two pieces of land in town that recently sold. And the person who bought them, someone came in and submitted what's called a one-stop. It's, hey, I have an idea for a development I want to do. And on one of the developments, I think the property was about eight acres. They wanted to put, I think, somewhere around 1,200 homes. Oh, my God. 1,200? Or units, right? Apartments. Still, that's insane. On eight acres? On eight acres. And we go, as a city, you go. How tall is this building going to be? (laughs) No height limits. No parking requirements. What? No amenities. As you mentioned, no no pocket parks. No, it was no. You need housing, so I'm going to give you a bunch of housing. I automatically Sounds just like think the projects. of like the projects yep. in New York City. It's the first thing that pops to mind: the projects. And I sit on, so I sit on just more regionally. I sit on what's called the Los Angeles County Affordable Housing Solutions Agency. Mm-hmm. It's a new organization that formed, and some of them call themselves the Metro of Housing. This is going to be the organization that provides funding and builds housing everywhere. And you mentioned the, the, the term, the projects. Somebody gave a presentation where they showed the high-density housing, some apartment-type styles. And the first words out of people sitting next to me was, this is, we're building projects again. You're removing the amenities that make things attractive. That, yes. That, it doesn't upscale it necessarily to middle America or middle income, but it provides more of a community feel than just a box for you to be existing in. Mm-hmm. And... Some people want to move in that direction because they think the only way you solve affordable housing is you get units built right now, regardless of the quality, the aesthetics, or how it impacts the community around them. That's scary. So I, 
I, I don't think that project will go forward. I think there's ways to stop it, but people are thinking about it now. And it's these state laws that are allowing it. If you're within a thousand feet of a higher education institution, oh, well then get rid of local land use laws because you can build housing for kids. So then kids will be close to schools. Well, don't kids need to drive and park and do these things? Oh, no, we don't worry about that. We just need to get the housing built. And I forget the city. There was one uh, story that recently came up. Uh, it was a guy buys a single family house and he goes to, I thought it was the city of Los Angeles and brings forth a plan to the planning department. Uh, he's going to build a six story apartment building. Oh, wow. On a single family lot. Right. And it, no parking, you know, all that, right? None of that. And they said, no, go back, try again. Well, he comes back, seven stories. And I got to go find it. I'm told that the planning department approved it. had to approve it because he cites all of the state laws that allow him to do this. Says, well, I can do this and this and this under this and this and this. Everybody finds a way to, to work the system. Sure. And so we, we're starting to see that here in Santa Clarita because we do have land. Mm-hmm. There's still land available. And there are people who aren't invested in Santa Clarita the way we are, where, yes, you want to see homes, you want to see development, but we want to see the pieces that come with it. Right. And the, the parks. I mean, we have 37 parks now in the city of Santa Clarita. And it's, all the open space. And, and all the open space. Over, thir- I think, 13,000 acres of open space. Wow. That community has invested in just to keep open, to respect green belts, to not allow massive urban sprawl around Santa Clarita, and to contain development into smart locations. But there will be people who can make money and they will use state laws to make money and state legislators will say, great, look at that. We're solving uh, the housing issue because we just built another 50,000 units over here. Oh boy. Oh boy. (laughs) 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 But the city can decide to not approve that unless the person who is doing it comes back and says, nope, the state says I can. It it depends how it's applied under. And there is one we had to approve most recently uh, over by Chichis on Sierra highway across the street. There's a little area there. Someone came and said, we're going to build a five-story, higher density, less parking. Where? There's a freeway right there. Uh, yes. Just if you go just north of it a little bit on the east side, I think there's a 55 and over community. Oh, and then directly, right behind it. Yes. And then directly next to it. And it got brought to the development huh. committee of the city of for myself and Councilmember West. And they told us, all, and we're looking at this going, How is that you, you can't fit be serious. There? Where is the parking going to go? Less parking. There's a little parking on a sub parking, but they got rid of all of the required uh, storage space. So while they don't have garages, there's a requirement to have, I think, oh gosh, like 200 square feet of just storage. Nope, got rid of that because that gets in the way of building housing. Oh, wow. Put up a different type of fencing, put up, uh, get rid of the pocket park pieces. And it's right by the Metrolink. So that's how they're able to. Fortunately, it was just far enough away from the Metrolink that they couldn't go too crazy, if you will. Oh, they could have gone higher. But for us as as local elected officials, for someone to bring the project in and then for staff to come to us and say, we're just letting you know, we we can't stop this. This isn't something that can be appealed to the council. It doesn't go to planning. It's just going to be approved. If they were closer to the Metrolink station, if they were within 1,000 feet, hold on tight. Parking, gone. Initially enough, there was a state law that said, not just for residential, if you were to build, hyperbole, if you were to build a Walmart, and you're right next to a Metrolink station with a thousand feet, no parking. They can't require parking. Oh my God. So the city could go, you can't, I can't have a Target. You can't have a Walmart with no parking. Nope, we're within a thousand feet. We don't need to build it. We're going to build it. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> I mean, these, these are all real things. And it's it's trickling now. 
Okay. So developers and people who we don't want to do development around here, they're starting to see opportunity and they're searching for it. So we got to make sure none of those people that are looking for the, that opportunity ever get elected to city council. <laughs> oh. That's going to be the scare. That's going to be a scary, scary day for Santa Clarita. Uh, maybe, but them getting elected to city council is what makes it more heartbreaking. Is they can't do, they can't stop it, or they couldn't even make it worse. It this is all coming down from Sacramento. This is from uh, so the it state. Doesn't it doesn't matter. This is this is the state addressing a state issue in the way they think is positive. Huh. And it's frustrating for this community who has been such an incredible place where we tell people, no, look at us as a roadmap. Look at how you can do it when you plan and you think and you bring every piece together and not just say you have a problem. So let's just dump everything you have on the problem while ignoring how it affects everything else. Hmm. Hmm. I always say to uh, I'm always trying to get clients up to Santa Cruz. Good man. <laughs> I grew up in San Fernando Valley. I know that I know a ton of people out there. And I always try to get them up here because I love Santa Cruz so much. Um, and I always say it's the best planned city. It's just everything's so smooth. I know there's more traffic. People that have been here for 25 years, oh, there's so much more traffic. Well, yeah, of course. There's a bigger population. There's going to be more traffic. But it's still better than any other city that I know. Mm -hmm. Do you guys look at another city and say, you know, that you admire and that that you, you want to mimic? Or is Santa Cruz the city that you're like, you know what? Everybody should take some notes from us. I think it's both. Uh, we always, I mean, I always look for inspiration when I'm traveling and I'm out working for maybe things that I like, you know, when you're talking, when you're talking those bigger infrastructure pieces, if you're talking about conference centers, if you're talking about amphitheaters, if you're talking like Hollywood bowl, things like that. And you go, okay, is there, is this something that would fit? Do we think that could be a positive thing for Santa Clarita? How are they doing things? Mm -hmm. I mean, that, you always look. You always look for examples. You know, from a policing standpoint, without getting into it, Lancaster is doing a whole new model on policing. And it's way out of the box thinking. Hmm. Now, as a city, that can kind of frighten you a little bit because you want to do things that are stable. It would, and it feels like it'd be like if a city said, hey, we're going to start accepting Bitcoin for payment. It's, it's, I would never recommend a city to do something like that because it's so volatile. But you're always curious when somebody else does it mm -hmm. because you want to see, is it going to be a hot mess? Or is it going to be something that actually produces a very productive product? So you, you always keep you always keep your eyes open. But for Santa Clarita, we've always had core principles, whether it's living living within your means. When in doubt, you contract it out. You don't spend one-time funds that you get from different agencies on yearly and long-term expenses. And you, you just think and you be smart about what you're doing. And I feel like when you talk about planning, it's, that's what it all comes down to. We've been very fortunate. Uh, and the leaders that we've had have been in office for quite some time, and they have kept that mantra, even when politics and policy and society may push you to do something. If you know in your heart that it's not right for the benefit of the city, you have to be strong enough to be able to relay that message and tell them why it's not a good thing to do. Absolutely. Well, you kind of touched on this a little bit when you mentioned Hollywood Bowl. I absolutely love going to the Hollywood Bowl. It's like one of my favorite things to do in the summer. But have there been any talks of the city of Santa Clarita building an arena or acquiring a sports team, having a major civic center for concerts and events? And would you support that idea? Or do you think Santa Clarita would benefit from having one? Interesting. So there, there definitely are talks. Um, I've, I've heard talks of of like uh, they weren't affiliated baseball teams, but they were teams that are like in between 
like college and professional ball that mm-hmm. were looking to set up shop out here. Cause we learned that Santa Clarita after I think a place in Arizona and a place in Colorado produces the most major league talent, baseball talent. Wow. That's so no cool. Way. So that man, the, the little things we learn about this place. So there is an cool. interest from agencies that want to have mm-hmm. professional roots because we're right next to Los Angeles and there's connections there for them. So we have been broached about that. Oh, that's cool. Uh, there's long been talks about civic centers and conference centers. Um, I believe under the what's called the Portabella plan, which is the Whitaker Burmite property, mm-hmm. there was talks of doing a development like that there. But that was back, and that was all the way back in 1995. Wow. So you flash forward 30 years and there's still discussion of it. And there's discussion of the Hollywood Bowl pieces or the amphitheater pieces that maybe are smaller scale, mm-hmm. but are still are still able to attract a talent level that we haven't seen here. Okay. Right. So I tell, I say like concerts in the parks, families love it. It's one of the best events. Thousands of people go. Mm-hmm. But if you bring in an amphitheater that's slightly larger, you can attract that next level of talent right. to come up here to San Clarita. And you're seeing it now. I mean, we've had, uh, gosh, some of the, the high level country talents coming out for like the boots and brews. Um, who's the, man, who's the country guy? Brad Paisley. Brad Paisley. We had mm-hmm. Brad Paisley come out here. So you're starting those those pieces are starting to touch quiet Santa Clarita. Well, I saw there's a big event coming out. Too short is coming to town. Did I just saw that? that. I just I just saw that yes. too. Yes, I was like, Too short is coming to Santa Clarita. <laughs> no, I'm just is is he gonna censor all his lyrics? I don't know. <laughs> I was just really surprised, and I was like, Okay. I was like, Too short exhibit, uh, Bone Thugs. I was like, What? The bone, yep. <laughs> so you know, Santa. I always tell people Santa Clarita is it is growing up. Yes. It's 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 one of the, the largest small town field cities we talk about. And Chris and I had talked about this before, where you have what we call the Santa Clarita 500. Mm-hmm. There's 500 people. You see it, all the big events, all the big charity right. events that come to all of the community events. But there's 228,000 people out there that mm-hmm. are living a different life in a certain way. Right. And we're, we're leaving the small town, but we're keeping it at its core. Mm-hmm. While we're finding these new talents, these new attractions, the new demographics. Well, maybe one day we'll have Taylor Swift or Beyonce out here. <laughs> Taylor Swift <laughs> and Beyonce. Come on. I we mean, did. We just had the Taylor Swift cover band. I did hear about that. There was a lot did of you, people who go? went. Oh, I was there. Was, was it good? Was it? You, know, you know what was so great about it? It was there were so many young children. Yes. All and they were all up at the front Taylor of the stage Swift. losing their minds. Yeah. And like I said, the, the events are always great for concerts in the park. But, you know, we do a lot of the Beatles tribute, the Abbott tribute. I mean, the younger kids don't, don't really no, know that stuff. No, you have to appeal to them. But we brought the Taylor Swift cover. Dude, she was popping. <laughs> she yeah, was it was, popping. It was, so, it was so good. <laughs> the kids were just loving it. It was awesome. Yeah, our kids love Taylor Swift, Miley. I've become a fan of Miley now. You a Miley guy? You know, I didn't know that I was. But, but she came in like a wrecking ball, right? She came in like a wrecking ball. You know who she reminds me of? She reminds me of um, what's my girl from uh, Stevie Nicks? Stevie Nicks. Steve- that rasp, that mm. voice. It reminds me of old Stevie Nicks. And the only songs. reason is because she's sampled her song recently, probably. And she's got this whole she got this vibe uh, '80s going. vibe going. So that's why. It's because you know you listen to whatever your kids want to listen to in the car. Now. That's true. So and the Santino just goes with the flow. Nola. She knows exactly what she wants to hear. She has a playlist. <laughs> yeah, she does. We just, okay, what do you want to hear next? She went through a Katy Perry phase for a little bit. She still listens a little bit of Katy Perry. She's on that Justin Bieber tip. Yeah. Like, oh, Bieber. Young Bieber. The though. Young Biebs. Oh. The baby song is on repeat every day. <laughs> <laughs> huh. We still have Baby Shark and The Witch Doctor. 
Wow. Oh, okay. Wow. Oh, and they like Bruno Mars. Get Bruno Mars here. He's so yeah, Bruno. <laughs> Bruno, on it. He's in Vegas. I mean, he's really hard. But uh, Zeff said that the Taylor Swift cover was so much fun. He took his, he has four girls. Oh, awesome. Yes. Four girls. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I got one girl. She wears me out. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, since we're having a little bit of fun, and okay. I don't know if you even want to answer this. If you don't, that's fine. But if you had to pick a favorite district of Santa Clara oh. Valley, would it be Saugus, Newhall, Valencia, or Canyon Country? All right. Well, I'll answer, answer it. I will answer it because you asked. I would be Saugus. He lives there. Because you live there. That, but that's where all the three places that I've lived since being here, they've, they've all been out of the Saugus area. Okay. And I've, I've just absolutely loved Saugus from... From the moment we from stepped in. One. And you got Central Park there. Yeah, Central Park. I mean, I spent a lot of time in Canyon Country and San Canyon and mm -hmm. New Hall and Valencia, all of it. I mean, I'm everywhere. It's Santa Clarita is just amazing in general. Mm -hmm. But Saugus is where my real heart and home is and That's what, where home what is. brought me to Santa Clarita. Awesome. Well, thanks for answering that. Of course. Don't be mad, people, if you didn't choose your city. <laughs> <laughs> so LA is known for its great restaurants, and sometimes it feels like SCV might be behind in that department. We don't really have a lot of yummy places to eat out here. But what are some of your favorite restaurants in SCV or hidden gems people should try? And I'm taking notes. Okay. I'll just start running through some. Neely Skillet. Oh, yeah. Like mm -hmm. Neely, yep. Uh, Bella Casina. Oh, yes. That place is yummy. Okay. That's in Saugus. Mm -hmm. Okay. Upseco. Uh, Salt Creek's just the long-term standard. Okay. The, the who's who restaurant in Santa Clarita. Uh, Mama's Table. Mama's Table? Where is this? I don't know about Mama's Table. Cinema Drive. Oh, this is a new place, it's, no? Was, no, they've been there eight, nine. I mean, this, I get this all the time. Like, I went to Valen the Valencia Bowling Alley the other day on Lions, mm -hmm. and the little restaurant in there, and I walked in, and I'm looking around, and the menus seem a little older. And I looked up to the guy at the register. I said, hey, man, I don't see like a city plaque or proclamation or certificate anywhere on your walls. You guys knew? No, we've been around. So when did you move in? 1985. Yeah, what? 38 years ago? So, yep, been here family owned for 38 That's years. That's Mama's Table? No, this oh, is the, this someone is else. Like, what, are they building, what are they building next door? Isn't that the yeah. dollar store? Oh, they're putting is that the, the dollar store. I, I think so. Okay. Or Starbucks, if I'm taking bets without knowing. It's probably, it's <laughs> that parking lot couldn't take it. That parking lot couldn't take Starbucks there. Oh, my god! But anyway, so Mama's Table's got the best breakfast burritos. Mm, okay, great. I need to mm -hmm. go there tomorrow uh, for breakfast. And yeah. Ca Casa Canela solid. That's where like, oh, my kids Casa love Canela's Casa Canela for strawberry for waffles. Yes, that place is yummy. Have you tried Piccola Trattoria? Of course. That place is so good. That's my favorite Italian spot out here. But yeah. it's like that and sushi. That's the only place I really a lot, like. A lot of sushi places. I were, know. were you out here when when uh, Caruso's was still here? I don't think so. So Caruso's. Or if it was, I never went there. Let's be okay. fair. So where they built um, the Canyon Country um, Community, Community Center, Center mm -hmm. Caruso's was one of those. Original not on the owners. corner, a little bit up the street. Then yes. Yes, so yes, good. yes. So, they catered and, our wedding. Oh. And they're they're uh, related to the the same family that owns the Pico Trattoria. Not the oh, same yes, people. Yes, yes. That's right. Like yeah, cousins yeah. or something well, like that. And you still got Backwoods in. I've never been. I've, I've never, never been. been. My been parents there go. for decades and decades and decades. The lady who owns it now, I think her parents were the original wow, owners Wow, that's it. cool. That's kind of like Le Chen. Is that place still open? Le Chen is still there. Yeah, Le Chen is still open. That French restaurant. Chef I've Alonzo. never been. 
I need to try You've that You've never place. been? No, we need to go. Try it out. See, now it's like, if we're going to go to a restaurant, well, do they have mac and cheese? No, this is going to be like you and I just I going understand. out. <laughs> you know, you, mac and cheese Any restaurant or pizza. you go to, if your kids aren't happy there, it's not you, can't eat, you can't eat there. It's just going to be a bad time. It's true. I, we can get them to eat a little like tempura something when we go to sushi, but we got to eat quick because they're done in five minutes. So like, yeah. We've had enough of this. Like, let's, let's go. go. <laughs> well, Zeph, he said that one time for his Saugus district, because they just moved to Saugus. These are our friends that lived in the Valley forever. So he's giving you a shout out. Let's he go. Saugus. And he's been to mama's table. How was it, Zeph? Did you like it? Because <laughs> you said you've just been there. Was it good? He's going to give us an honest opinion. You know, they, so. they got, they got uh, uh, El Cubano is pretty good. El Cubano. Right? That's, isn't that what it's called? The Cuban spot that we go to? Oh, yeah, that place is pretty it's good. It's right by Cinema. Yeah. There's oh, a little Cuban spot okay. there. So we eat that every now and then. Um, what else? Well, the, the Mexican restaurant that just moved into the old Foster Freeze. Is it Guanados? We haven't oh, had it yet. Oh, we is haven't it? tried it. So they, they have buche. Okay. Well, what's that? <laughs> just go try it and tell me what you think. I mean, is it food or a drink? It's food. Oh, okay. It's food. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a meat. <laughs> what kind of meat? <laughs> I always get the the area wrong on the animal. It's just delicious. Trust me. But what animal? He's like, I don't I know. I don't even remember. <laughs> Mystery yeah. meat. He's like, it tastes I, good though. I remember I ate a, a little like hole in the wall Mexican restaurant up in the Santa Maria area and best burritos I ever had. And the guy said, you got to try buche. So he just put it in there. I said, this is amazing. Buche. Every person I've ever given it to said, how do you eat this? How? It's, it's the greatest thing ever. Oh, they, they don't like it. Uh-oh. It's amazing. So you probably like lengua, too. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> I need to know uh, what buche is. Does <laughs> anybody know what it is? Please tell us. <laughs> a, we get a Google up in here? I'm going to Google it in a minute. Oh, well, Julia said, I hear there's a new pierogi place. There was a pierogi place over off of Carl Boyer, I believe. I don't know if it's new. It's been there for a long time. I'm not a pierogi guy. Yeah, you don't really like it. Your mom used to make it, remember? Well, yeah, but they were frozen. She didn't make them from scratch. And my dad's like, oh, my grandma used to make them from scratch all the time. Because my dad's part Polish. Oh. So, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Corey's uh, maiden name's Miklovich. Nice. Yes, I, I'm I'm a mixture. You got a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> a lot going on. Our kids are very mixed. It's the sure. United Nations right here. <laughs> Oh, well, our um, producer said he has to give a shout out to Brewery Jaconum. Have you been there? I haven't. I'm not, not a big drinker. What? You don't have to drink to go there. You don't have to drink to go there. Well, so that, that's why I don't think to go to, to, go to a brewery. Oh, no, the food's pretty yummy. Their food is, their food is really yes. good. And if you've ever come to one of our client appreciation events, you would have been able to try the food for free. He never so invites me to anything. Eat, yeah, right. <laughs> you got invited. I invited you for the next one for the fall festival. Look, so I'll, go, I'll go if you're going all out and money's no option. Yes. So it's you know what <laughs> it probably it probably isn't I don't know I have to go sell some houses right now yes to cover the the tab but so so um, the event coming up that fall festival it's really for the kids it okay. really is so like every year is something I, one year we had um, a magician from the Magic Castle so it was like a magic theme Magic Castle is cool and then we on. had the Sanderson sisters there from Hocus Pocus oh. Ooh. In so character was, the whole time. It was pretty amazing. People love that. It was a Disney theme last year. 
So Mickey and Minnie were there with um, some villains. Some villains were there. Yes. And this year um, I sent you the invite, but you probably just ignored it or deleted it really quick. So I'll have to resend it to you. <laughs> you didn't send it through his phone number, did you? Um, no, that's it's through Punchbowl. It it's through Punchbowl. <laughs> oh, then that's probably. I'll give you my secret phone number. I okay. Yeah. So I'll I, don't send have that, I don't even have that one. <laughs> I need the secret part of, it, part of you getting it is you can't give it to me. <laughs> Or better yet, just give me your wife's number. Give her the forewarning Done. that it's going to her because then she'll plan it. It's a family event. Done. And if your kids like Super Mario, it's a Super Mario event. It's going to be so much fun. Kids love Super Mario. There's going to be some uh, some characters there. Some guest appearances. Awesome. So it's going to be amazing. And yes. have you have you seen Super Mario? Of course. Okay. Have you seen the music video? But don't Teacher? give away these yes. secrets. This yes. is a surprise. Okay. The, the, we're talking about the music video. The music video. Okay. All right. So, you know. Just, just be just prepared. Plant some seeds. Yeah. And we will have the habit <laughs> there, which I know the habit started up in, in Santa, Santa Barbara. Barbara. It did. So there you go. You could just relive some of your youth when you're there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, are you and your wife, uh, this is a silly question to okay. ask you because you guys don't really have that much time. You're so busy, but are you watching any shows, your wife and yourself? Do you fit in any time for that? Yeah, at around 1130 at night for that yep. 15 minutes before you pass out. Yep. Before you're both snoring. <laughs> Naked and Afraid and Survivor. Oh, you like those types of shows. I never did either of those things. And then my <laughs> wife made me watch one. I was like, you're going to make me watch a bunch of naked people out in the desert? It's fascinating. Is it? It is fascinating. <laughs> you, know what, you know when I watch that show? When we're on vacation in and there's Hawaii nothing and there's else nothing to watch. on, and it's like they got like 10 channels, <laughs> it, com it comes up. Naked and Afraid. Naked and Afraid. Up. Yeah, it comes up. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I've never gotten into those shows. So, well, are there we want, any other shows you could recommend? Or what about like some old shows that you've watched that you were like, this is one of the greatest shows ever you have Married with Children. It. Oh, yeah. Married with Children. Oh, my gosh. It <laughs> get, would never be appropriate today. But one, oh, my gosh. Any episode you take out. Any episode. Any episode. So inappropriate. Cancel culture. Done. Yeah, it'd be done. But, oh, I mean, I was that's what I grew up on. I grew up loving that, that was my show. My Mar parents oh, wouldn't let us watch it. But then my dad watched it one day and he just starts laughing. And then it became the staple in our in our household. We'd watch it every day. They were so ahead of their time. I mean, so when you go younger, like DuckTales. DuckTales was my cartoon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Our kids loved DuckTales. Gargoyles a little bit when that was popping back then. Mm -hmm. Darkwing Duck. How old are your kids? Uh, seven and five. So do you ever have them watch some of the old cartoons you grew up on, like on Disney Plus? All they want is Bluey. Bluey's oh. so good, and, but it is a great, yeah. I know, hundred percent plug for Bluey. It is such a tremendous. It's show. It's a really we good show. The, Our kids outgrew it though. They're they're done with Bluey now. So no, like, every now and then they want to watch it. Tino but... never wants to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the the themes behind it, what they Love talk it. about, it's it's, it's beautiful. so relatable. It, it, now I'm told that the color patterns they choose, they chose on purpose because dogs can see the show. No, no don't way. know if it's true. Don't know if it's true. Huh. I was told, uh -huh. but if you look at the color pattern, it's a specific color pattern so that dogs could see it if they're watching the TV. We'll, oh, see, if our we'll see if our dogs are going to take up Sleeping. <laughs> Come on. Our dog's not watching the show. Uh, Rena is here with us. Hey, Rena. Thanks for joining us. She said she loves Naked and Afraid. <laughs> I've been binge watching. Okay. She, she's loving the show like you. I guess I have to check it out a little bit. Maybe I'll give it five minutes. Oh, you got a question. And Zephaniah said, question for the mayor. What is a short-term or long-term goal you have for SCV? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I touched this on a little bit. So the, the two big things I'm really passionate about personally is one is expanding uh, our sports opportunities locally. Mm -hmm. So we're big as a city on a lot of the multi-purpose fields and the recreation activities. I mean, our Seasons Magazine is 
almost an inch thick for a reason. Right. It's because of all those different things that we offer. And they're always impacted. Our fields are always full. Mm -hmm. But we also have this incredible talent pool of kids that are coming up through the athletics programs. So I really want to see the regional draw piece get expanded. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at things like uh, a new mountain bike park facility oh, that's cool. actually been in the works for some time um, that would actually be next level. I mean, you're talking BMX qualified so that USA BMX could come and use these types of facilities. Oh, wow. Wow, awesome. Uh, so the mountain bike park, I think they're looking, we should be getting that back for discussion in probably the next three to four months. Okay. Uh, up Bouquet Canyon by the archery range. So we're using some of the open space that we got to leave it open space, but to put in mountain bike trails and these electric bike trails. So make I it a, one of our first big regional draws. Because a lot of people don't know this, but sports tourism on the lower level is one of our biggest attractions in Santa Cruz. Think huh. softball tournaments, uh, you know, the... Um, I hear we have cricket tournaments that are actually starting to come really? out here now. From here we have a friend cricket. that plays cricket every weekend. Every weekend. You're yeah. right. He was yeah. telling us about CJ. that the other day. Yep. Yeah. Cross country, softball, soccer, you know, these are all big things. Right. But it would be great to start having the facilities that are just that next level piece. Mm -hmm. uh, so the the higher end pieces, the attraction pieces regionally can come in, which will kind of expand the local economy a little bit. So the sports tourism draw just a little bit escalated. And then for me, very personally, obviously, I'm very big on um, the neurodiverse community and the the autism stuff because my son right. is on the spectrum. And I'm meeting more and more families that are dealing with it out right. here locally that even in an area that's more affluent, they they don't know what to do. And right. they, they don't have the, the resources and the connections. So as we look to build out the library system uh, and we look out to find where we're going to do the Saugus libraries as a city, I'd like a big piece of that to be attracted toward those who are in the the ADHD, the autism spectrums, the homeschooling spectrums, and allow more opportunity in that regard when we do those pieces. I love that. See, yeah. You would totally have my vote if I could vote for you. So should I annex you to get you in really quick? <laughs> get, us in there. Just to get us Put me in, coach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, let's see. We have a couple questions. I know you have to get going. Are we good on time? Oh, I don't know. What time is it? It is uh, 1.30. That's fast. fast. What's the... Uh, hold on. We'll, we'll check the official clock. Okay. We've got about eight minutes. Eight minutes. Okay. okay. So... Um, oh, wait a minute. I lied. We got four minutes. Four, four minutes. minutes. Pick up okay. 139. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say the comments that were on there. Last Christian said, last man standing with Tim Allen was the generations married with children. Okay. I oh, don't, that, that's I don't true. I ever watched that's, that. That's one of the more recent ones. Yes. And then Julia said, dance competitions for stuff to attract to the city. Her daughter's in dance. Oh, So okay. maybe host stuff like that. So quick Disneyland story, and then you have to go. Okay. Um, what is the Disneyland story that we're going to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Were you going to talk about Disneyland with your... Nope. No. Oh, 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 I don't know if I have a Disneyland story other than I am a Disneyland fanatic. You are? So really? I've, I've told my wife, the day we get the call to have a membership for Club 33, our kids will not be going to college. Oh, wow. <laughs> Are you on the wait Cause list? Because it's, it's that expensive. When did you get I, on the wait list? Uh, about eight years ago. Probably longer wow. than that now. Wow. Actually, more like How do you get on the wait list? So, all right. So if anybody's watching. You got to get me in. Technically, it's there closed. is a wait list, but it's not an order list. What I am told is when openings actually become available now, there is one or two people who actually go through and decide who will be picked. Ah. Maybe we'll have the golden ticket. Like I Willy need Wonka. to get on that list. I do, right? <laughs> I want right? to be I mean, on I've, there. 
I mean, I'm You're not, gonna have to show me the secrets. Chris knows me. I'm not bougie by any means. I mean, I still try to find Sears that are still open to do my shopping. <laughs> but I don't know what is. I have always loved Club 33. I've always loved Disneyland. Everything. Have you about been? Oh, we have not. Would you like to go? Yes, I would love to. <laughs> He's like, how does it feel to want? <laughs> <laughs> Stevenson's Ranch. Huh? Can't help you. <laughs> Sorry, lady. How does it feel to want? <laughs> so we. He's we like, are just Disneyland keep wishing upon that star girl. <laughs> we're there. We have passes. We've had passes for a long time. Um, we're there so much that our, for example, Santino's in line to get on Radiator Springs. Yep. Wait, 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 wait. Get to the front of the line, shuts down, breaks, right? Most kids would have lost their mind, right? Like you waited. Yep. He said, ah, we'll go on it next time, Dad. Don't worry about it. Because he knows there's the next time, right? Okay. We have passes. I'm, I'm sure yeah, you have we, passes. So too. we did when we were in Costa Mesa. You know, we were 20 minutes from Disneyland. So mm-hmm. we would just go. Sometimes we'd go, it'd be so packed, we'd just get some food and we'd leave. Right. We, just go to we downtown. had those days. Um, but what I would give Disneyland absolute props for is how they accommodate uh, kids with special needs. Yes. And, you know, for Aiden with his autism, they have, and for anybody who's listening who has this, they have something called the DOS Pass. Okay. And you literally just show up and you go to one of the green tents mm-hmm. and you just say, hey, you know, my child has autism or my child has, name your condition. Mm-hmm. And they'll just say, well, what accommodations do you need? Are they able to stand in line? Mm-hmm. Do they need to be in their stroller or in their zone, mm-hmm. wherever they're in line? And you just say yes or no. And what it is, it works kind of like the fast pass, except, for example, you go to Radiator Springs and the wait time is 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Then they say, okay, then you come back in 45 minutes. Oh, that's so nice. For any of that. them. And you know, there's no, you know, there's no uh, pressing on you like, well, do they, are they really this? It's none of that. They go, okay. not a problem, whatever you need. And so Disney has just been one of the most accommodating. That's awesome. Accommodating things. That makes me happy to it's hear a inc- good Disney story. Because I think so many people are always complaining. Yeah. Because, you know, they're the sticker price. Oh, no. The, get the lines. The price and is brutal. That, not, not lying on that. But this is good. I'm glad that yeah. they do that. Sprinkle some magic in they there do. to make it great for your family. I do. I love that. Okay. Well, we're going to have to plan a little Disney date at, <laughs> at some point in time because I think we'll have a great time with them. Um, Christian said, any future political aspirations for a higher office in the future for you? <laughs> uh, for a lot of people. For me, Yes. Uh, but me personally, no, not really. No. Um, I mean, the council was honestly never an aspiration. I have been asked about assembly and Senate and mm-hmm. Congress. And my answer is very selfishly. I love being around my kids too much. Yep. Good for you. And it took I my, it took my wife reminding me of that mm-hmm. when we had our discussion. Um, there is one I'm considering, but I'm not ready to talk about it yet. All right. No problem. Gibbs for president. <laughs> I thought we were friends. <laughs> Gives for president. I hear. I hear they're looking for a speaker of the house, though. Oh, yeah, they are. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, what an amazing opportunity to have the mayor of Santa Clarita on the show. We know he has to get out of I here to go yeah. pick up his kiddos, and he cannot be late. And we know the feeling for sure because yep. I got to get going soon too. So thank you again so much for Boy, being here with pleasure. us, Chris. Thank you. Thank for you it was so awesome. Much. Anytime. And hopefully, we'll have you back on again. Done. Because <laughs> this point by way too quick. Anytime. In, be- in between all the other things you done. got Done. We'll get it on. done. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone, that is going to be our show today. Thank you again for hanging out with us here on R&R Relationships and Real Estate. Be sure to catch us here weekly on Facebook Live, or you can watch the show on YouTube and listen anytime you want. You can download full episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. We are your hosts, Corey and Chris Silva, and we will catch you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.